We're emerging from COVID. So what does that mean for your business marketing? So today on the Pollinator Podcast, we have with us a lady who has a very, very broad history in corporate sales and marketing, consulting to a variety of companies in the, well within the Fortune 500, in the tech space, all over the place and all over the world, uh, throughout the English-speaking world, U.S., Canada, England, Australia, and Latin America. And she also has a lot of experience setting up marketing for small businesses as well, brings a very, very unique perspective on corporate process management, uh, corporate, the, 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 the things that, that big corporations do to make their marketing and how can, how can you bring that down into a small business and make it practical. So I'm very excited to talk to her today about uh, this topic marketing uh, after COVID and the emergence of that. So Deanne Mora, thank you very much for being with us here today. Thanks for having me. Well, great to see you. It's great to see you uh, again as well. It has been a, a while since we've been able to, to interact in, in person. And, uh, you know, it's not just because of COVID, just because of, of, of life and moving on where we're at. But it's great to, to have you in my, my network and to, to be able to have you on today to, to bring this perspective and, uh, and talk about this. And, you know, when we first reached out and connected, because I just knew you were a, uh, an intelligent lady to have on. Uh, one of the topics that came up was this idea of marketing post-COVID. I'm like, that's great. That's perfect. Um, because, you know, depending, maybe depending on what state you're in and we're in Florida, right? So we're maybe a little farther out of COVID than uh, what some people uh, might realize in other places. <laughs> but we shall, uh, we shall see. And that, that may be, <laughs> those are topics for other conversations. But regardless Things have opened back up. We can get out. Or, you know, uh, we can. We're we're not just stuck in in our offices behind Zoom screens. And while that's great that that people have been able to to do that, I don't have to buy webcams for my clients when I want to do Zoom meetings for them anymore because you know they all have them now. Have to explain to anybody what working virtually is like. <laughs> that's right. You know, I have to tell people I was doing Zoom before Zoom was cool, and they're like, I know, I say that too. <laughs> so. But now, now things are, you know, they, they will never be back to, to normal, but some of the things that we have access to that, that we didn't pre-COVID or that we did pre-COVID, we now have access to again. And uh, you, you made the, the mention that, you know, everything went digital and everybody went digital during COVID. Is that where things are going to stay? So what, what is the, what is the big, the, the, the big takeaway take in all that? Like, what do people need to be doing post-COVID? with their their marketing that that maybe was a little bit different sure and you know i'll preface this by saying i have no crystal ball but some of the things that you know i'm a i'm a student of um of behavior if you will because i think that's something that we really need to make sure that we're on top of when we're thinking about marketing our business and, and putting ourselves out there and certainly i think when the pandemic started we were all you know, we had no idea what would happen, which way it would go. Um, businesses, a lot of businesses that we weren't sure would be successful took off. And some other businesses, unfortunately, were victims of COVID. Um, I think there's a number of trends that we've seen that are really interesting. Um, I think people went from the point of this is really great. I can wear shorts every day and nobody knows the difference. Um, I can be on Zoom. I can be home with my kids, with my dog, you know, with my family. You know, isn't this wonderful? 
um, to the point of, oh my God, get me out of here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people really got burned out on just being at home on Zoom all the time. And I'm seeing a real trend right now where humans actually want to reconnect with other humans. And just being on yeah. a Zoom with someone, it's not enough anymore. And I think we do, you know, balance that with obviously we have the crazy trend out there with the great resignation where, you know, one of the things that COVID did was I think really get a lot of people to question, what do I want to be when I grow up? And is this it? And I think we've seen, you know, a lot of shifts, um, you know, some of those shifts I think are, you know, may come back a little bit to, well, wait a second, you know, what I was doing before, maybe I was earning a lot more money and I could go take fancy vacations and maybe now, you know, finding myself, I can't. So I think there's, there's a little bit of a balance there, but just the way that we want to connect, I think we do appreciate um, actually physically being in the presence of other people. And so, you know, that's something that as we're, as we're looking to grow our business, um, networking, I think really needs to be networking. And it doesn't mean that you have to be out there necessarily as much as you were before, but forming those real relationships, at least having in-person connections, sharing a meal with someone, sharing a coffee with someone, so that you're really establishing that relationship to then maybe go back to on Zoom, but at least you've made that connection. Yeah. So I think we're seeing, you know, much more of a of a trend to to real human connections that we've missed so much for the last couple of years. So 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 many kind of things and and different avenues that we could we could dive into there. Uh, but let let's go back a, a little bit more and and to to your background as well, right? So you 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 come from this kind of corporate background and consulting there. You're leading big sales teams. Um, doing all the, this international work, like how how did you come and and you know a, a plenty of experience to to see how these trends have developed over over time, right? So what what kind of is that story? Like how did you get into marketing and process and and kind of get down into you know, working with with small businesses and and actually in going and, and networking, having that be a part of your marketing plan as well? That's where we originally met. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting because in a way I kind of went back to my roots because when I, um, when, and I, my education is all business. I have a business undergrad, I have an MBA. Um, and one of the things when I was in my undergrad, I was selected to run our small business consulting program at my university. I'm from Canada originally. Um, and it was a wonderful experience because it was under the guidance of uh, professors in the school of business, but all of these little businesses would come to us and they would need help with their accounting, with their strategy, with their marketing. And it was a little consulting firm that we had going and that was a lot of fun. And then I went off to corporate America and I had a great successful career there. But you know, one of the things that's challenging when you work for you know, really mega sized companies is being able to really impact and impact quickly. So it takes yeah. a long time to make what seems like a very logical, quick decision that, you know, if you're in a small business, you know, you get a couple of people in a room and you say, yep, that's, that's the right thing to do. And you go, you need layers of people <laughs> to make that same decision in a big company. So sometimes it's, it's more difficult to be nimble, to follow a trend in a market. Um, you know, one of the, 
the corporations that I was with, we actually spun off a um, corporate sponsored consulting firm to be able to be more nimble because we saw a part of the market where we just couldn't be responsive enough. So, you know, it's, I've had wonderful experience. I absolutely don't regret any of it. I've had the chance to see the world for free. I've seen things at scale. Um, you know, I understand how large scale technology projects work, how large scale process optimization works. Um, I've had the opportunity to, you know, spend time presenting to boards. So I've done all of that, which I think gives me a great perspective than when I work with small businesses, which is really, and startups, which has really become, you know, more of a passion because I can be more impactful. Yeah. Um, and because you, you get to work with the actual leaders. So if somebody's, you know, whether they're either the owner of the company or whether they're, you know, you've got the founding team of a startup, um, it's just, it's very nimble and people that can make a decision quickly. Right. And, and, you know, it's not a long, right. And, and somebody actually asked me the other day too, like, you know, who are firms that you don't really like, I, like, don't, don't, don't send me to corporate, don't send me to corporate. And, and, you know, and that, that's why, cause like, I just can't stand a corporate decision-making process. Uh, you know, clients I, you know, who are sort of, they're not quite corporate, but they're a little bit on the larger side. Right. And you st I start to feel that and I get a little PTSD from my corporate. Well, well, like like two partners, like I can handle like maybe two partners, but like it gets more than that. And, and the person I was talking to, she's like, oh yeah. Like if we, if like, if we're dealing with a firm and there's like three partners, like it's in our contract that ultimately one partner will have decision-making authority. It was like a branding firm or something like that. It's like, like, I mean, that's an interesting dynamic because they, they say that, but then they don't quite emotionally embrace that. And I've seen cases where, you know, you have multiple partners and they say, oh yes, this is the person who's going to be front and center and your main contact. And that's great. But somebody else actually feels differently. <laughs> yeah, it, just, it doesn't yeah. quite. You, you, you absolutely still have to manage it. And, and, but you know, we know that too. And it's like, you know, even if you're dealing with a single business owner, like, you probably need to have their spouses buy in or at least like indifference to be able to find that with design to make sure right. that everyone is possibly a stakeholder has a say in, in whatever you're doing on design. Right. And, and, and I think that goes, I think that's true for, for a lot of things, but, you know, I think we can tie that, that experience back to, you know, a lot of things that you were saying before, like, you know, what, you know, COVID came in and, and in a lot of different ways, like it was this massive destructive force, but just like, you know, just like a forest fire is a massive destructive force that also like opens things up. So we had, you know, tons of business closures that happened during COVID, but then, you know, you see the, the stats and reports and it was like more businesses opened in the last half of COVID than like any year, uh, you know, previously or, or, or something like that. And it was a lot of these folks that had either been laid off or, they were at, at home and now working from home and just that maybe two hours a day that they didn't have to spend in the, the car on a commute. Like they, they had now had time to, to work on that little side hustle or, you know, how many, I mean, there's a ton of people that turn their weekend hobby into a business because they realize actually if they had time to sit down and figure out how to make an online store and uh, to do a little marketing here, learn some things. I think even at a, at a larger, like, well, I mean, I think a lot, there was a lot of um, constrained investment money during COVID. Um, you know, it's not like everyone lost everything during COVID. The reality is there's sure. a lot of investors who are still, 
you know, doing quite well and just needed a place to put their, their funds in order to help them to grow. So there was just a lot of pent up investment, you know, foreign investors, um, you know, US investors. And so, you know, we're seeing a lot more momentum behind uh, startup activity. Obviously, for anybody who's following what's going on in, in South Florida, um, we have oh, the Miami man. scene going on. You know, we've got a lot of companies that are coming in. We have just a lot of fuel behind really interesting, innovative startups. I mean, we're becoming like the next Silicon Valley here. So there's just, it's fascinating to see the interesting ideas um, and how that technology is being applied to different industries. So that's creating, I think, a lot of momentum. But all of this, just to come back to our, our marketing topic, um, you know, when we talk about making those human connections, um, that's really a big part of your marketing um, is, you know, when I always, when we're working with a, whether it's a startup or a small business owner, and we're, we're working on their, their marketing strategy and their plan, you know, my first question is always, are you networking? What are you doing to get yourself out there? And I think, um, you know, whether you're the founder, whether you're the CEO of, of your, your company, putting yourself out there also as your personal brand, I think is one of the best things that you can do for your business. So, you know, just what you and I are doing right now, yeah. you know, have a podcast, have your own blogs, put your own content out there on social media. You can really be the tip of the spear for your company um, in terms of, of thought leadership. And so, you know, between that and then you getting out there networking, you can drive a, a pretty good chunk of your business that way. Um, and at least that will be enough of a foundation where you're going to get that natural flow. Because especially, let's say you're a, um, you're a D2C, a direct-to-consumer business, um, you can spend money on campaigns to go reach those individual consumers. And that can be an effective strategy, but it can also be a really expensive one. And yep. if you have the funds to go do it, then I'd say, yeah, absolutely, go do it. But if you're, you know, if you're starting out um, or you're trying to pivot, then start with the lowest hanging fruit, which is really you. You're the one who nobody can sell your brand more than you can because you're the one who has the fire in the belly about your brand and the passion behind it. So, you know, making sure that you're more visible um, everywhere that you can be, you know, you'll find that just putting yourself out there as a thought leader, that those referrals will just naturally start to come to you. Yeah. And I, I think that is, I think it's a, it's a very important thing to get back to that, that human connection. Cause you know, we were, you know, kind of chatting about it you know, before too. And I, I've gotten involved and, and seen and, and kind of poked around in some of these online networking um, environments. And there's like one that I, I found that I actually really enjoy, but ironically enough, like as soon as we open up to, uh, uh, in-person events, they still have two in-person events that are kind of like evening networkers and folks and people are coming from, cause, and, and one thing that online did is, allowed it to, uh, to be larger in, in geographic area. Global right? in many respects. Yeah. Well, and there can be the, the global ones. This one's just like South Florida. So I'm like the northernmost member in, in Orange County, but it goes all the way down to the Keys. But they have these different events that will happen. And it might be just kind of in Broward County, Fort Lauderdale, and uh, you one in, in Miami, but you've got people traveling uh, across. So they're, I'm seeing kind of this the benefit of a, of a hybrid too, because all the, you, 
we, we know all the old objections that people had to, to networking. It's like, oh, you got to drive to all these different events and spend all this time. Like, well, no, you don't actually have to do that now. Now you maybe you, you make that initial contact might be online or something, but now you have the ability to go and meet in person. Or you go to this one event that's happening once a, a month and you can actually interact you know, like human beings, but, you know, a lot of the follow-up and things like that can happen online too. So I think yeah. there's some, some interesting opportunities out there and people don't, it doesn't have to be exactly like it used to be, um, but it all doesn't have to be online either. And at the end of the day, I mean, I still remember um, like one of Simon Sinek's Ted talks or something like he, he well before COVID, he was talking about um, like the, the, the irony of the international bloggers convention, like if they were all about being online, like what, why did they all show up in the same place? Right. You know, there there was something about being, uh, you know, around other individuals and be able, being able to actually shake a hand and look people directly in the eye and not just through, through a screen. So I think that's, that's hugely valuable. And, you know, we could spend a whole other conversation talking about how to, to do that. Uh, but one of the things that you did mention, though, Will, that I think is key, though, is follow up, because, you know, how many times have we talked to a business owner who says, oh, I went to a networking event and I didn't get any business out of it? Well, did you follow up? Because it's not about the uh, the actual meeting. That's just where you exchange business cards and you kind of filter through right. who do you want to make a deeper connection with. All of the real business happens outside of the meeting. It happens afterwards. It happens, you know, and even if you have that Zoom or you have that phone call or you you have that follow-up coffee with that person and, um, you know, just a simple formula is, let's say you're, you know, used to be that you'd sit down and have a coffee for, for an hour. I think the, the default now is you have a 50 or a 30-minute Zoom with someone. So whatever the time is, you know, I always like to take the first half of it and just ask them about their business, because then the more that I understand about what they do and what they need and what their priorities are, then I can tailor my my message. So it kind of gives me a little bit of a of a leg up, if you will, rather than just, um, you know, generally starting with, hey, here's everything I do. Um, and I always look to try to make a connection. And I think that's really key. So, you know, I think over time when you start to develop a network that if you're the type of person that's always thinking about, ooh, if this person met that person, they could possibly be good referral partners for one another because that's the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, it's great to meet an in person and say, hey, you know, this is great. You could be a customer of mine, but it's even better if you meet someone who could be a referral partner because then they can bring you multiple customers. So if you're the one who's starting with the, oh, you know, I know this person, given that you're interested in that, I think they might be a good connection for you. Make a note so that they actually see that you're serious. I will follow up after the meeting and then do it. You, you start doing that. I mean, even if you have I don't care, 10, 20 meetings and nobody gives you anything, if you just really make a concerted effort to put that out there first and to make those connections, then the, it will just come back. It's it kind really of a is law about of reciprocity. <laughs> yeah, it's really about cultivating those valuable relationships, right? And you do that by by investing into it. And I had to have, have it wasn't a conversation, it was more of like a long email that I had to, to send to a, a client because their, their COO was kind of poo-pooing the, the idea of 
social media posts that would get engagement or some other things and, and branding. And the same is true here in the networking, right? They're like, oh, you know, we're going to, uh, to put this out. Like we need to, to create content that's just going to be for, for people that, you know, are ready to, to take action. I'm like, no, that, that that's not like, like you have SEO for that. Like you're fishing for people that are, you know, ready to, to take action right now. But the majority of the people out there are not that. That's not what the platforms are setting you up for. That's not what all, all, all these folks are walking around you know, ready to give you business. But when you invest in it, you know, like we use the, the, the farming analogy a lot for everything, right? Like your brand is ultimately like going and preparing the soil where you're putting in that fertilizer, you're, you're creating that, that fertile environment, you're, you're tilling things up, it's familiarity, like no trust, all of those things. And yeah, yeah that in and of itself will not generate you business. But if you don't do those things, then you're constantly just going to be at the, the whim of the Google algorithm or spending an exorbitant amount of money, like you said, on advertising, just trying to uh, chum the waters up to, to find something that is, that, is, that is ready to take action right now instead of developing those relationships that can just continually send you referrals or other strategic connections and things that will continue to build, build your business. So you got to have a little bit of everything. In there, and it's true for your networking as much as anything else. And that statement, and that is engagement. So, engagement, if I can get nerdy for a minute, is then leading into this idea of community, which you're going to hear a lot more of as we start to uh, open up more opportunities in the Web3 metaverse space, which, you know, many of your listeners are probably going, what's that? And others are, you know, already um, engaged in doing business. So educate yourself if you're not already aware of, of some of the things that are happening, because it really, you know, we are talking about the next evolution of the internet. So if anybody is doing anything digitally, your business will absolutely be impacted. Um, but it really, there's this shift and it's again, you know, I think, um, you know, the, the undercurrent of the social shift of um, not being controlled by big organizations. Yeah. So concerned about, you know, having the Facebooks of the world have our data. Um, you know, we're concerned about if we build a following on a social platform and all of a sudden at a whim, that platform goes, eh, I don't think so. I'm just going to pull your page. Then what do you do with your business? So there's just all these things that I think people really want to take control back. I think that's going to be a really big trend um, that we're going to see over the next few years. Um, and supporting that trend is the actual the ability to do so through um, Web3 and, and through being able to, you know, what flip the flip the switch. What if instead of um, me paying to force my message in front of you? Um, and you know, paying a, a, a central large company, what if I pay you to actually see my message? You might be a little bit more into it, right? So types of trends we're gonna see. And I mean, I know that you know that sounds very out there for a lot of businesses, but you know, it is something that's on the horizon. So the best thing that you can do in today's world is build your network, build your community, build that engagement and make it real engagement because that is what you're going to leverage in the future for your marketing. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Well, Deanne, I really appreciate you taking the, the time to, to get in there. I, I wish we had uh, you know some more time to, to dig into all this stuff and maybe maybe we can come back and talk about 
Web 3.0 and the democratization of marketing and uh, all these other things that are out there on the horizon. But uh, it's very exciting stuff. But in the meantime, you know, if people want to get all of these kinds of insights and be able to apply them to their business, how do they get in contact with you? Well, probably the best way is um, they can either reach me on Instagram. My handle is Marketing Strategy Gal. Um, if they want to get me on LinkedIn, it's Deanne Mora, um, not as it sounds, it's D-I-A-N-E and last name M-O-U-R-A. Um, those are great ways to hit me up or they can just go to zenchange.com. Awesome. We'll make sure all that gets into the, the show notes. And I hope that everybody can take all these great insights that Deanne has given us here today and go put them to work in your business, getting your hands dirty and growing something great. Be well. <laughs>